Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 107 of the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com slash Shaq, S-H-E-K. Go there as well, and you just might find a little treat called Shaq to the Future. Me and my man Rank jump into the DeLorean. We go to the near future next Tuesday to divine who's going to win all the biggest games. Plus, there's a new shame report for you, depending on when you're listening to this. On Friday, make sure you look out for uh, the like-dislike column of Rank. All, All things to be enjoyed and consumed by you football fan let's say hello to the aforementioned guy seated to my immediate right you know him from nfl fantasy live and nfl.com it's adam rank what's the poop fella hey boss thanks for having me appreciate it i do have to bring something up though what in, in my league of record and you know i sure. like to talk about league of record for me i like that i like that phrase it, fantasy you. is what you're talking yes, about yes i'm sorry yes my yes, fantasy because we because we're, we're required to right. be in a couple of internal ones with the mm-hmm. so-called experts and then we have our chums who who we play so, so yeah i'm in four leagues how about you i'm in six okay and uh, I do one. The one that I consider my league of record is the guys I grew up with in Corona, sure. California. There's a there's two outsiders in this league who are, who live in Corona now, but they're not from there, so they didn't grow up with us. One of them changed their fantasy team name to Sheck to the Future was lame. What? Yes. Well, I don't. I don't appreciate. I'm. I don't know how to. He's going to be lame after he tastes the blaster, jerk. Yeah, that did, yeah. Good I don't luck walking. To, I got him in the I, I got him in the right leg there. Now he's I don't, lame. I don't know how I don't know how to take that. Because he's like As a slap in the face. If, how if what, it was, what? well if it was one of my friends, like if it was somebody who I've you know, one of the guys who I've oh, known. Oh, this for, is the, one of the outsiders. Yeah, too, one yeah. of the outside like how dare like of the of all the people <laughs> and now it's caused like a thing because you know, there's other people in there who've known me since first grade. Some such forth, you know, who are like, you know what? That's uncool. Like they're lecturing, like, you know what? That, and I, I don't care. I mean, it's hilarious. To me. I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative that he went out and watched it and thought enough of it to take a shot at me on this thing. But now other people are like, how dare you do? That I listen. We have a lot to discuss in showdowns <laughs> and fantasy football. Right, we got those are rivalries. Those are rivalries. But 
Yes, there's something, there's a phenomenon, there's some weird psychology with that. They know that not only are you on TV, but that you're purportedly a funny guy, you know, mm-hmm. so, so you're so you're a wiseacre. And this has been my experience is that, that people then come up to you and they think they're being funny, but they're just insulting. You know, they just want, you have to know me first before you can start insulting me. You know, that's, right. that's we're not, we're not trading <laughs> barbs here. You're a stranger coming up to me. It's not acceptable. to Hey, big nose, right? Like what? <laughs> I don't know who you are. What do you do? You, there's an important step of actually becoming friends first. Then we can start roasting one another. Yes. Then. Creepo. I say he's out of the league. All right. So that's a that's a disconcerting story. Let's ignore it. Let's press on. <laughs> we have football to discuss here, Rank. It's uh, Ravens and Steelers week. No big Ben Roethlisberger there. No Troy Palomalu. On the other side of the ball, we'll be talking to his replacement, though, in the secondary. A guy who's really stepped up in on a team – Mike Tomlin's philosophy, if you aren't aware, next man up. That applies with Byron Lefwich. That applied when Troy Palomalu went down. And Will Allen out of Ohio State, uh, longtime Tampa Bay Buccaneer, been with the Steelers for a few seasons now, stepped up and has really done a nice job back there in the secondary. And so we're looking forward to yapping about him. Next, the other big story, probably the biggest story of the week, along with the fact that a lot of backups are going to be playing a prominent role this week, that Bears-Niners game in the stick, Mm -hmm. Kaepernick versus Campbell. And then the backup who has not been anointed yet as a starter for week 11, and I don't expect that he will, Tim Tebow. And yet, lo and behold, he's in the news once again. (laughs) There are anonymous players who said that he's terrible. And I got to say, my reaction to this rank is, what kind of pathetic deflection is this by the Jets, by players on the Jets saying, oh, Tebow, he's, he's so bad. He's a, hey, you know what? Of all the guys on the Jets that you can't blame for what's going on, it's Tebow. Yeah, maybe he was a distraction during training camp, but he ain't taking any reps during practice. He's not out on the field, or he hardly is out on the field in the games. Hey, guess what? You know who's to blame and who else is terrible? All of you. <laughs> all of you. Your team is garbage. How is it? Tim Tebow's taking your slings and arrows? I feel like it's petulant pathetic and and as rex ryan himself said cowardly how say you rank yeah i agree with all that it's one of those things where it's easy to hide behind and and anonymously i sometimes wonder though if somebody when it comes to the new york media if it is really somebody who said it i mean i'm sure people have intimated it or whatever or if it's just some writer Who's just like, you know what? I'm just going to put that out there. Like, yeah. <laughs> you think maybe it's a. Oh, good... it's an anonymous guy. I've got my. Well, we know, should start doing that then. Yeah. The, you know, one of the uh, one of the anonymous Jets said that uh, Adam Rank is the best fantasy player ever. <laughs> that's, best in the world. That's your shooting for the moon? I know. That's, if you're that's making a... up anything, if, it's, if, if there are no rules, if it doesn't have to be tied to fact, that's what you hope it would come out in the media. Well, the thing, I, well, well, hold on. The, Adam the, Rank's good at fantasy. The, the Tim Tebow <laughs> thing was somewhat believable, so I had to make it somewhat believable. I see. I so. got you. Um, well, you know, speaking of that, Rank. How terrible that that is my default. Like, I'm so wrapped up in you. fantasy. Like, yeah, it was, that, that was it. I that's was, as I'm, terrible I'm as awesome Tim Tebow fantasy. is, apparently. Terrible. Yeah. That's the word they use. So, um, all right. You know, I want to, there are a couple other sports Is there a items. Twitter account for anonymous Jets player? Because it seems like one of the, that should oh. be like, that should be the number one fake Twitter account out there. I'll, I'll do a search for there, it. No, no, no. Yeah, we'll search for it and then create it, Rank. I love it. That's a great idea. See, that's cooking with gas. You understand, Rank? You do it. As soon as we finish here, be on the lookout for it. It's the new Twitter account, 
at anonymous new. Oh, wait, so what's it going to be? Anonymous jet. Yes. Yes. Do that. Anonymous jet. It is black tie behind the glass. In fact, why don't you create it right now before anyone else steals Rank's good idea? There. All right. We'll focus on the show. Rank. Listen. Stay off the computer, boy. All right. Sorry. sorry. We'll let Black Tie, the producer. This will be the first thing he's done in uh, fifteen months as the producer. Don't accidentally log into your Fire Black Tie account. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at Adam Rank is how you find him on Twitter. At Damashek is how you can track me down. Um, real quick, Rank, I thought of a fun game. I did the shame report this week. Again, you can track that down at NFL.com. And I pointed out the fact that Rex Ryan is Santa-like in his benevolence when it comes to Sanchez. For no good reason, he continues to start this guy. I mean, I guess the, the one good reason is is that Tim Tebow wouldn't be any better. We talked about it on uh, episode 106 earlier this week, a gangbusters episode at that, if I may say. Not owed to me, but more to rank and to Daniel Jeremiah, a.k.a. at Move the Sticks from, uh, from NFL Network and the Around the League boys and Handsome Hank. Um, but I speculate that Rex Ryan is in job save mode. That's what this is about. That if he put, if he doesn't own Tim Tebow, if it's not like, well, well I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this guy a shot and see if he can win games for us, then he's buying in on some level or, or he's throwing his hands in the air. I don't know what to do. If he stands by Sanchez, at least in the offseason, he can say if he can retain his job, he can say to the ownership, listen, I didn't want – that was Tannenbaum who wanted uh, Tebow. Mm-hmm. I never wanted that. And, hey, team. Guess what? I stood by our guy. For better or worse, I stuck by your side the whole way through. That earns a certain amount of loyalty, I would imagine. Um, But I speculated, too. Can you name a QB? Can you name an option who wouldn't be better than Sanchez or Tebow right now? It's really a game show in a way. I said you could have Brett Favre. I mean, I mean, oh, like a guy who's available right now, a guy who you could put in there that would be that wouldn't be better. Can you name anybody that would that name a name that would be better than Sanchez or Tebow? I would go Brett Favre. I would go Jeff Garcia. Jeff Garcia would be better, right? Wouldn't right. he? If you put Jeff Garcia, would you legitimately think he'd be a little bit better? Garcia, Dante Culpepper, Dante. Cul- you know, here's you know. In fact, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, who was on with us earlier in the week, I thought that was a fascinating point he made. I asked about what if you put because he's really high on Andrew Luck, like everybody else is. I said, what if you put Andrew Luck down in Jacksonville? He said that would be worth four wins mm-hmm. for them. He really thinks that uh, Luck is the entire Colts team there, and he could do a similar turnaround there. So a lot, sort of along those lines, put somebody in there. Wouldn't, um, you know, Jeff George. You know, here's <laughs> this is the beauty of this. If this were a game show, Black Tie, name guys who are better than Sanchez or Tebow, you, the beauty of it is there are no wrong answers. You could never get it wrong. Just say anything, and, and that guy would be better. Jamarcus I, Russell? Jamarcus Russell? That's a winner. I That's got better. one. Yeah, I, got one. Push I got one. I got one. Dieter Brock. Brock. Oh, it's a tie. Oh, no. Our first ever tie with the Dieter Brock drop. That is awesome <laughs> stuff. I'm, I wish I would add a piece of it, but I'm happy that you two could uh, could tie and split that one. I love it. Three and a half. That's very good. That's really good. I you know and now I, we have we have somebody Karen's taking over Karen Sweeney one of our followers She's, yes I appreciate uh, Karen so thank doing, you for yeah, doing that a citizen in good standing in the Czech Republic we had a young man doing it and then he got a girlfriend and then he stitched us <laughs> yeah people He's like, people listening to the <laughs> podcast and uh, tracking how many times we mentioned like. Dieter Brock on a pod or the first person to mention Dieter Brock on the podcast each episode gets a point there Black Tie making his move now he's at three and a half he's well behind rank the all time leader I think that's thirty five. <laughs> 36 Dieter Brock drops. 
something like yeah, pretty. Uh, see, it's all a competition, 30s. people. It's all a competition. <laughs> um, what about uh, I, I mentioned on the shame report? What about Joe Namath? Modern day Joe Namath, sixty nine year old Joe Namath, better than Sanchez better, or Tebow. Yeah. yeah, got anybody else? Can you do that? It's Steve like, Young. Steve Young. Sam Gordon. The YouTube sensation, the nine-year-old girl who runs over everybody. You know, that's I'm about, glad you brought her up. Because, wait, what about? Okay, go. Well, I just wanted to mention: Has anybody else? I maybe this dates. I know it makes. Uh, I know it dates me. In the early days of the Cosby Show, remember when Rudy Huxtable, the 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 youngest child of Heathcliff yes. and Claire, played football, and they called her Sweet Pea, and they would chant Sweet Pea, Sweet Pea. Well, look it up on the YouTube. You'll, right. you'll see that that this little girl was really reminiscent of Sweet <laughs> oh, really? Pea, oh, of Rudy cool. Huxtable. Anyway, go ahead. What is I was going to say random note. She's actually going to be on NFL Game Day, I believe, this weekend. Ah, fun. Raven yeah. Simone is no who Sam played Gordon. oh. oh. Oh, know, the actual girl. girl anyway. That's not even. Oh, Raven, Raven Simone. Simone's. What was the youngest? Raven Simone that's came in so... at the very end of the show. This was the youngest. Girl. Rudy Huxtable. I don't remember what her name uh, was. What was her name? Keisha Knight Pulliam was the middle daughter. Okay. And I can't think of who the what the youngest girl was. Anyway, go ahead, Rank. Could you? Have I was going to say Sam Jones, who played Flash Gordon. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That's he would right. be better. Shane Falco or Johnny Utah. Yes. Yeah. Fictional players. I would I would start looking at it. Doesn't sports. matter if they've even existed. It really doesn't make a difference. Look, this ballpoint pen better than Sanchez or Tebow if they put him under center. Jared Weaver. Jared Weaver, that would be a nice one. I'd like to see that. How about uh, Linda Lavin? TV's Alice <laughs> might be better. How about Coolio? What about right. Vic Tabak? Allen Iverson. Quarterback. Is Vic Tabak? You can't this? go wrong. No, Say no, two, anything. Two, you two can't sto- lose. Allen Iverson is apparently the Michael Vick before Michael Vick. I don't know if he wants that distinction anymore, but what does that mean? He was, and they grew up in the same town, Virginia, and he was the Michael Vick before Michael Vick, as far as his football skills. Oh, okay. Oh, oh in sorry. football. That's yeah. right. Oh, I have sorry. heard that he's... Uh, well, no, I was like, wait. wait that he, he was good at that. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, the Around the League boys are coming up with uh, their weekly debate club. Suffice to say, they have a, an interesting storyline, and their little uh, their little addendum at the back of the podcast each week is uh, entertaining to me. Rank, have you heard it yet? By the way, oh, it's great stuff. You haven't heard it once, have you? Do you know which is the you know who Hanzus and Sessler are? Do you know? Could you tell them apart? Which one's the husky fellow? <laughs> I think is you're that talking Sessler? about. I think you're talking about the Jets fan, but I don't know. I don't notice things like that, Adam. All right, let's talk about the couple things that are happening. You never call me by my first name. No, I don't, because I was scolding you. A couple things that are going on in sports here. What do you make of the Marlins trade earlier in the week? Uh, To me, I'm no legal expert, if you don't know that. That's that's something you may not know about me. I'm not a legal expert. No, no. I thought that was your your discipline at the University of... Indiana, Indiana University. Excuse me, Indiana University. No, I'm a graduate of the Ernie Pyle School of Journalism. Really? You, yeah, that's right. Absolutely. That's oh. why. That's why I'm so well spoken. The uh, the um, um, the Marlins, though. To me, I feel like isn't there some legal action? That's really? exactly. That's exactly, really. Yes. I mean, shouldn't there be some ability to file a corporate fraud lawsuit Absolutely. on the part of the city of Miami against? The Marlins, I mean, they were sold a bad bill of goods here. You know, I know there's the whole uh, buyer beware thing, and there isn't. I, I, I'm sure legally you can't say that there was some in the contract or whatever when they decide to build the stadium. I, you have to spend a minimum amount, uh, amount on your players, on your payroll. But on the other hand, they convinced, they essentially duped 
the city you, of Miami and the, the taxpayers help pay for this stadium, they get it. And oh, those days of us selling off our high-priced guys, oh, that's a thing of the past. Now that we got this gem of a new stadium and the new uniforms are creating revenue and all that kind of stuff. And one season, and they just dump everybody good. This is this is criminal, if not legally, then morally, yes? Yeah, I would say I, I don't understand why somebody couldn't start a class action lawsuit on this. I bet you somebody and, will. And, if... and hold somebody accountable because the same thing happened in San Diego when they built Petco Park, although it, there was an ownership change and a divorce, and they that's why the team had to pare down its payroll, but pretty much the same thing. And it's why the city of San Diego can't get a new stadium for the San Diego Chargers is because they've been burned by the Padres, don't want to be burned by the Spanos uh, ownership group. And so, yeah, I, I, I would be really upset. It, it, I was talking about this, too, and I put this in my life. Fortunately, like, fortunately, they only have seven fans, so the no, those seven people. Oh, no, 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 the Marlins. But uh, uh, Yeah, that, that, them, too. And yeah, seven real fans. And it, it reminded me too. I put this in my like dislike column this week because I was talking about how Pittsburgh had a lot of empty seats. At some point, when you are funding stadiums, that there should be some sort of section in the stadium where the people who my tax money built this thing, I should be able to not have to. I should be able to come in for like five bucks. There is like something get, interesting because they tax booze and smokes and stuff like that. But, of course, if you don't indulge in either of those, then you're not paying the tax on it. But if it's booze, then I pretty much built the stadium. So I should be allowed to yes. walk in. It just seems it just doesn't seem right. And, and yeah, if you've sold the sold the uh, community that, hey, you know what, this is we're partners in this. Well, you know what? You have to hold up your end of the bargain. Yeah, it's really, uh, it's really, like I say, criminal as far as I'm concerned. Maybe not by the letter of uh, our constitution. No, I, or I say our, we or, make but, it against the law. All right, let's do it. Yeah, done and done. We can do that. We have the. Well, authority. this is California. You can put anything on. Blow the a call into Commissioner Dell Black Tie and uh, and let's let him know of our disapproval and he'll pass it along to Bud Selig the next time they go play uh, that four. Do you know that the commissioners get together and they play miniature golf uh, once a season? They like to do. Well, I don't know if that's true, but anyway, the uh, you mentioned the Pirates as somebody who stood by the Pirates uh, for way too long. I do appreciate the Marlins stepping up to make the Pirates now only the second most ridiculous team <laughs> in uh, Major League Baseball. Now, you're a Lakers guy, Rank, and we didn't get to talk about it the other day. I wanted to get your thoughts on the Mike Brown dismissal. I, I you know, I'm not – this isn't 2020 hindsight. I said the day they hired him. What a ridiculous hire that Oh, we all did, yeah. I, no, 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 no. Wait, I said that Mike Brown was good? There's no way. Honestly, I don't remember what your response was, but they I would say at least half the people in Los Angeles thought, "Hey, great hire." What I mean, nobody thought. No, oh, no, 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 no. That is that's really right. a good hire. There were plenty of people who nobody thought this thought is it. he's a smart guy. Look what he did. He's a great defensive coach. This is what that team needs. The only needs. guy who thought that was a good hire was Jim Buss. Even Mitch Kupchak hated that hire. Well, that may be true, but I but but there were plenty of talking heads in L.A. that approved of that. Uh, and, and now, what do you think, though? So they did the right thing, I think, by cutting bait with him yes. when they did. And uh, but what do you the think hashtag, about Mike D'Antoni? Love it. That's exactly that's who had been. And again, if you've never read my like dislike column, it's I it's partly fantasy football. It's on the fantasy page. I talk about all sorts of everything that I what we like it, to do on this podcast. Everything exactly. you know that I like is in there, and if it, if you like comic books, wrestling, TV, movies, all that, all that stuff gets in there. And I talked about this. And actually, when the season started, when they were winless in the preseason, I said they need to fire Mike Brown. Now that you have Steve Nash, bring in Mike D'Antoni, and that's who I've wanted all along because he would bring a, a fast-paced offense. Dwight Howard, if you want him to be here in the long haul. 
this would be an offense that he would probably like to play in. He didn't have a defensive guy like Dwight Howard in Phoenix. This would be a good match and everything. I understand some of the guys are a little bit older, but this would be a pretty good match, and so I've been on board with this all along. I know a lot of Laker fans were calling for Phil Jackson, but come on. We've seen this happen before where you bring in a Hall of Fame coach into another well, thing. Well, the triangle, legitimately, Dwight Howard, Steve Nash, you're talking about pieces that haven't played in the in the triangle, and there would be a learning curve with that. I am inclined to think when you have that level of talent on the floor, you just roll the ball Roll the, on the ball floor. out. Absolutely. Go play. Go ahead. Steve Nash is smarter than I am anyway with what we're going to do. now. They sh- and they should be able to control the glass, the defensive end. It's, it's pretty simple, and I'm oversimplifying it, but I agree with you. Dwight Howard is the great goalie. Just so what, Steve Nash can't defense so what Dwight Howard is at the rim behind them the big fallout here and I know Sheck you mentioned this on Twitter as well is the Clippers they make the ultimate ah, I said it that's right you don't steal my line no no I just stole the your Clippers line. should t- the Clip. I mapped this out a while ago the Clippers the Clippers the need to go get move. Phil Jackson no you don't get half credit for that no no Phil Jackson is what they need to do that would be the funniest most entertaining thing that could possibly happen is for the Clippers to go out and hire Phil Jackson and watch him uh, put the screws to the Lakers across the hall the rest of the year. Hilarious. Wouldn't that be fun? That'd be fun. Yeah, I'd like to see it. I just, 67-year-old Phil Jackson, who's finally gotten over on Red Auerbach, just don't think that it's going to work. And I'm glad, you know, a lot of Lakers, though this is what I will concede, is a lot of Laker fans were all over Phil Jackson, like, we got to get Phil back. Like, no, like, it reminded me of, like, Jimmy Johnson going to the Dolphins and mm-hmm. Joe Gibbs coming back. And somebody pointed out, like, hey, Dick Vermeil came back. I'm like, yeah. The, well, the Dick Vermeil in St. Louis, that would have been Phil Jackson's first return from retirement. But this version of Phil Jackson would have been Dick Vermeil to the Chiefs. I feel like I, the fact is, though, I feel like they couldn't, they wouldn't have gone wrong with Phil Jackson either. But and Black Tie, you're an NBA, you're you're really our NBA wonk here um, in Studio 66 each day. So you react here. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think the Lakers. Well, for the Lakers, I think they they need to give Phil that chance. He's that one guy who deserves it. And what he really wanted was that Godfather role that what Pat Riley ha- has in Miami being a coach and being the GM, being whatever he wants to be, and he definitely deserves it. I, di- I, di- I do but disagree that- with that. This this jazz about, like, I'm, I'll, yeah, I'll be the head coach. I mean, I'm not going to go to all the road games, though. Like, what, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking I about? You're, Jackson, you're the head coach, and you're Jackson, not going to – If Phil Jackson wants to coach on – Using he's not Vin Scully ball. not going on not going to the East Coast with the Dodgers. He's the actual head coach. He kind of has to show up for the games. That's a little bit silly, isn't it? It would have been, but it would have been the end of uh, Jim Buss, and that's what would have happened. That's- Phil Phil would have married Jeannie, and then he would own the Lakers. That's what he was angling for. Hmm. Yep. And so Jerry, is that I true? Th- you really believe so. it? I really it's, believe it's that. It's all a power struggle. All right, before we get to Will Allen and a few other things, let me do our weekly feature here that no one cares about but me. It's when I make my I picks care. as fast as I possibly can. You hit one minute last week, one minute. Let me. Is that right? I did yep. 60 seconds. I pick yep. every game here. You can uh, look at my picks can as I... well as ranks and Elliot Harrison's and Matt Money Smith's, Akbar, Baja, BML, our pals from, uh, from the fantasy show, let and me... everybody else's as well. Let me let say me one watch. thing about this. Go ahead. 63% Dave Damashek on the season, 91 uh, one and fifty four. Let me tell you. Well, hold on. I'm one behind you. Ninety and fifty five. That's sixty two percent. Akbar Bajabiamila, sixty one percent. He All played right. in the NFL. That's right. See, I always. What do I always say? Unless Let's go. these oh. guys who played in the in the NFL. I'm sorry to I'm sorry to undercut and undermine. I mean, maybe they'll punch me in the hallway next time I, they see me. 
unless you can unless you can divine who's going to win these games better than I can, then really, what does it all matter? What, what Dave? Well, you never played in the league. Yeah, so what? So I can still pick the games. I can still tell you what's going to happen as well you as anybody seven, else. You were seven better than Warren Sapp. Mm-hmm. Six better than Marshall Falk. Mm-hmm. Six better than Kurt Warner. Steve Mariucci's the best. Ooh, he's, he's really? almost yeah. He's at sixty-eight percent. Michael Mooch. Irvin. Wonderful Michael guy. Irvin does pretty good at sixty-six percent. Although I'm I'm a I'm assuming a producer picks those for him. Oh no, I think Michael Irvin probably makes those himself. All right, so let me blow through our picks. By here. the way, like, if you want to feel good about yourself, Sterling Sharp, fifty-five percent. Ooh. 79 and 65. Ooh, I had some good debates with him in New York City about various issues. But Love him, uh, yeah. there's no debate to be had about who's picking these games better right now. Like I say, check to the future. You can look that up at NFL.com. All right, let me do it here. My pick em picks of the week. Compare yours to mine. Good luck beating me. I'm going to do it in 60 seconds or less, and my picks are going to be better for you. Black Tie, start the music. It's Thursday afternoon when we're recording this. Dolphins at the Bills Thursday night. I'm going to take the Dolphins going in there. Poor Bills fans. Cardinals at Falcons. Falcons win it. But the Falcons, as a side note, remind me to tell you something about them. Colts at Patriots. Patriots, Buccaneers at Panthers. I'll take the Bucks, but I do think Cam Newton and company are going to come on just a little bit here the rest of the way. Eagles at D.C. The Eagles win that. Jets at Rams. Rams and Bradford's going to have a big day. Jags at Texans. Obviously, the Texans. Packers at Lions. Packers, look out. They're going to take that uh, NFC North by the end of the season. Bengals at Chiefs. Bengals. Browns at Cowboys. I'll be there, as a matter of fact, in Big D for that game. Cowboys. Saints at Raiders. Saints, look out. They're trying to get that sixth seed in the wild card. Chargers at Broncos. Broncos. Ravens at Steelers. Monday night football, Bears at the Niners. It's Colin Kaepernick's team beating Jason Campbell's. There you have it. Now, what I was going to tell you about the Falcons, I think that they're in legitimate jeopardy of losing the NFC South. It was handed to them three weeks into the season. Wow, the, the Saints aren't good, and the other uh, the other couple of teams are junk. But all of a sudden, you know, you've got the five and four Bucks playing great football. They are a legitimate offense now with Josh Freeman yep. being what you know what he is and starting to come into his own and not turning the ball over as much, obviously, as he did last season. Vincent Jackson, like we foretold before the season, now slotting Mike Williams. That's a, that is a fringe benefit of when you bring in a legit guy, Mike Williams. Everybody was wringing their hands last year. What happened to him? Well, he wasn't he, he wasn't a legit number one wide receiver. Yes. You put him at number two, though. Great now he can take off. And Doug Martin doing what he's doing, and they have uh, they have Mark Barron back there in the secondary. Uh, they have good, young, deep uh, defensive line there. You watch. They have a real chance to catch these Falcons there before the end of the season. Do not assume that they definitely, the Falcons, have one of the top two seeds locked up. They may uh, they may end up losing out. Are we they surprised? They still have to play the Saints, and they have to play the Bucks twice through the Falcons. So if, yeah. if, if they aren't on their game, and they haven't been necessarily – um, the last month or so, they they haven't looked as good as they looked at the start of the season. If they aren't on their game against uh, the the, onco- the 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 charging Saints and uh, these Buccaneers, they're going to find themselves as a wild card. Yeah, are we surprised though? The Falcons couldn't couldn't put it together against the Saints. Like it just shows me everything I need to know about this team is when they need to win, they need a big win. I understand they could afford to lose one in the race, but they really couldn't afford to lose one as far as their psyche goes. 
as far as their ability to win big games. They really needed to win that game to prove something, not only to well, us. Well, they could have finished the Saints is what they could have do. It's a double the whammy. That's yep. the end of the Saints' little bid for a wild card, and instead the Saints uh, the save their season. The Falcons approached it like a playoff game, and they lost. Like and when you're, the, when you're the Falcons, too, I, I, I mean, they really need to be in that dome that – the cat, I mean, the cavernous difference between them having to go to to Lambeau versus Green Bay coming to them in the dome is is like I say, pretty big. And by the way, as far as that goes, the reason I say they have to go to Lambeau is because the Packers are going to win the NFC North. A lot of people again. Halfway through the season, everybody has it all figured out. The Bears are terrific. The Packers are playing well, but they're not going to catch the Bears, certainly. Well, all of a sudden now, the Packers, if they beat them, if they go to Chicago in their rematch and the Packers win that game, then it will be their division Mm -hmm. to be had, and I do think that they're going to lose in the stick. I think that uh, Kaepernick is fine. I don't think he's a world beater. Jason Campbell obviously isn't either. Jason Campbell has to play. That team's – I don't want to say they're going to fall out of the playoffs because that defense is pretty good. But At 7-2, and two, it would be hard for them not to be able to scratch out three more wins, and that would be enough for them to get in in front of these teams that are trying you to can't ima- I, I can't imagine uh, Cutler's Seahawks don't win on the road. The Seahawks, so, so, so they're scary if they could somehow steal that division, but otherwise they're not, uh, they're not uh, all that intimidating. And then you got the Bucks, like I say. Um, and the, the the Saints still with an outside shot at it at four and five. All right. So what do you say, Black Tie? Can we track down Will Allen and talk about the big game of the week? I am, in case you haven't noticed, or in case you've never listened to this podcast before, Rank, I happen to be a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. What? That's right. That's right. I'm from the banks of the three rivers. And so, as you can imagine. Can I ask you a favor, though? Don't bring that up to him. I can't help it. I, I, I might bleed into the conversation okay. here a little bit, and I'm jazzed for this one. Not as much as the Ravens are. Of course, the Ravens are cuckoo about beating the Steelers. Their obsession. Can I ask him about it that? It obscures all else, please. I want to ask him about the, the Gatorade dumps. Uh, well, listen, of course it's ridiculous. They do Gatorade dumps in October last year on the sidelines of Heinz Field. Congratulations. Then the next week they went and lost at, at Seattle, like Cleveland? I told you they yeah, would. Yeah. A crummy Seattle team. I told you that. They, they just It obscures. It ultimately prevents them from being successful because they're so consumed with beating the Steelers. But all right, let's get into it here. And uh, Kibitz, with the man who's been filling the shoes for Troy Palomalu the last several weeks, Will Allen. All right, Rank, here he is, a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers since Troy Palomalu went down, and he took over that spot there. The defense is really solidified this year. Out of Ohio State, big game coming up on Sunday night. It's safety, Will Allen. What's going down, man? Uh, nothing much. Just uh, getting ready for this get- big game, like you guys said. Getting prepared and ready. Um, you know, coming off a of Monday night against Kansas City, so we kind of got a short week, but that's okay. You know, we always get up for these for these uh, Baltimore games, and they get up for us. So it's a it's entertainment, but it's a lot of fun, and uh, we're excited, man. We're very excited about this matchup. Yeah, wait a minute. You guys are coming off a Monday night game. What are the schedule makers doing to you? This is a big rivalry. You should have some extra days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. But you know, it's all good. Um, that's the way they schedule it. That's the adversity we got to face. And hey, man, let's 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 face the challenges. That's what this league is about. Yeah, let's... facing adversity, facing the challenges, and and, uh, and coming up coming up with wins. 
And besides, everything can't be perfect. All right, so they played on Monday night. Nothing else is going on with the Steelers. Everything else is perfect right now, right? Oh, wait a second. Maybe I did hear a couple of things about some injuries and such. Yeah, we got a, we got a few we got a few injuries. Uh, we had a few concussions in the game. You know, being at hurt his shoulder a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, but you know, we, we we had a model next man up, and we got guys we got guys that are capable, and we got guys that are ready to go. Uh, so. Um, we just gotta we just gotta adhere to that man and, and be ready and be confident in what we like to do, and um and you know and we've been like again we've been having guys step up and play hard all season. We had a run, running back spot committee, you know since Rashard Man Hall's been out, and uh, we've been doing well. So we just gotta keep going, keep moving forward, um, play to our strengths, and um you know don't turn over the ball. That's something we've been doing great at doing on offense. Well, I love Coach Tomlin's. That's one of his great creeds. Is the uh, you know is next man up. And, um, and you know, as, as far as the Chiefs on Monday night, no style points in this league. A win's a win. No apologies necessary for surviving with a, with a victory in the NFL. But Roethlisberger goes down, and I've been making the case the last couple of weeks that I think really he deserves consideration for the MVP because of all the injuries and the changing around in the running back spot and the offensive line and, and everything else. And the defense hadn't really solidified in the first month. So what does it mean now? I, I Listen, I dig the philosophy. What does it mean, though, practically, that Ben Roethlisberger is not going to be in there? It's not diminishing Byron Leftwich, but how much do things change philosophically now in the locker room going into this game? Um, I'm not sure if anything changes. I mean, obviously he's our leader. You know, he, he, he brings his team together. He gels, he gels his team together, and the offense, you know, goes through him. Uh, so, you know, but but I, I believe Byron is a great leader as well. You know, he's been a starter in this league, and the coaches trust him. We trust him. Uh, and, you know, we, we just got to be ready. We just got to get ready. You know, we got to help him out as much as we can. You know, in, in tough situations, we, we understand that things may not go as, as well as it has been with Ben in. We understand that, and we're ready to deal with that. You know, but, he, you know, he may he may come out and do great. But, you know, regardless of the fact, we got get to get the ball more, um and left with his hand and uh, allow him to make some plays, allow allow him to get more opportunities so, you know, we, we, can, we can get a W. Well, what about, I mean, of all the guys on the team, you could probably get in Leftwich's ear. He's been around uh, for a while himself. But you could say, hey, listen, I took over for Palomalu. He's no slouch either. I have to step up here. Is there – what is the sense of um, – you know, again, with the practice rules being what they are and everything, Leftwich hasn't been able to take practice snaps as much. How much do you anticipate that affects his ability to prepare that he hasn't been taking those reps in practice uh, the, the last, you know, couple months? I think it does affect you. You know, I mean, it, you know, it affected me, you know, my first few games playing uh, just because you're not, you're not used to the rush, you're not used to the look. Um, but, yeah, I think once the game – gets going you know it's just football again for him and he'll get used to it you know he's been successful he's been a playoff quarterback caliber quarterback and you know he's won at, as a quarterback and I, I just think I just think that it is what it is exactly that getting the rest getting the looks get more comfortable back there and I think I think he'll be successful man you know but it's, it is tough don't get me wrong you know like like you said I mean I, I can encourage him and let him know like hey man you know it's going to get tough but just keep keep battling keep fighting through let your talent shine and that's one thing my teammates have done is encouraged me. That's one thing Troy has done. He's encouraged me a lot and pushed me a lot and um, helped me, you know, fight those fight those mental battles. You know, it's like, hey, just read your keys, be patient, let the game come to you. You know, everything everything happen, you know, the way it needs needs to be. 
uh, he gives me little tips every game, you know, to prepare. So hopefully our offense can do the same, and our defense can do the same for Byron, and uh, we can just keep moving forward. Do you find yourself though, when you realize that your guy's not going to be there, when Roethlisberger is going to be out, do you find yourself, you know, like like we really got to buckle down this week? I mean, even more so. I mean, it's the Ravens; it's a huge game, but even more so, is it a bigger deal this week with Roethlisberger out? Uh, honestly, we we don't blink, man. I'm just going to be honest. Our team does not blink. We don't second guess. We don't have a doubt. Um, I, we, I didn't even know during the Kansas City game that Ben got hurt. I, I, second half, hmm. you know, offense starting off. I see, I see uh, Byron out there. I said, "What's Byron doing out there?" And it's like Ben got hurt. He hurt his shoulder. I was like, "Oh, oh, really? Okay, let's go." Like we still got a game to win. Like you know, like we just don't, we do, we just don't have a doubt, man. We have confidence in all of our guys. You know, and um, no matter who it is, even even if they mess up, even if they turn over the ball, even if something negative happens, we like you know it's our it's our, it's our job as a team to keep together and to be resilient through everything because we we want to have a W, we want to be you know have more points than them at the end of the game, and a little adversity shouldn't shift your mentality of how you approach it and how you play and um and and, and your your expectation of winning. So Byron being in um and you know. And being being hurt, you know, it definitely you definitely can you definitely understand it. You definitely know it. It's there. It's, it's not it's not like a pink elephant. We don't recognize it, but uh, we got to have confidence in our guy. We got to have confidence in this team to overcome. And uh, just like the team that's have co- had confidence in me, uh, we got to do the same with Byron. Wow, I, I mean, I really love that mentality. And you know, you've played, you've been around the NFL for a while. You played for several for a couple coaches down in Tampa before you get to Pittsburgh. Obviously, Ohio State. So it's not like you're going to be overwhelmed necessarily by what your head coach says to you. What is it like with Coach Tomlin? Because he really does seem like a guy who has the ability to communicate in a way that it actually resonates, even with the uh, even with vets like you that you say like, "Wow, I dig what this guy." saying to our team uh he's a special individual he does a great job of articulating uh messages and uh conveying what he wants to get across uh and um and it's, it's awesome you know he, he makes the point very clear and definite you know ever since you, you mentioned that slump we had in the beginning of the year mm-hmm. the, you know the first month of the season uh and you know he wrote up on the board don't make excuses you know don't seek comfort you know, those are the things we're living on right now. We're not making excuses. We're not seeking comfort. We're taking ownership. We're taking responsibility. And each man in, in the building has a job to, to be the difference. You know, has a, has, a, has a chance to be the difference. That's what we've been living on, you know, mm-hmm. defensively, offensively, and on special teams-wise. You know, he's saying he don't care if you, you know, even even even, even our even our practice squad guys. You know, he's, he's making everybody step their game up, and everybody's been believing in that. You know, and that's been helping us tremendously. Because when one person messes up, we're like, you know, so what? Like, you know, we take ownership, we we keep we keep we keep moving forward. But it's making everybody play better and be more detailed and be more urgent about their work and their and their job. And um, you could tell uh, in our play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, the guy who stands next to you back there in the secondary, Ryan Clark, was in here in Studio sixty six with us before the season, and he and I. Park our cars in the same garage on this one. The Baltimore Ravens, yes, you battle it out in the AFC North for them perennially. But he and I, Ryan Clark and I agree, a rivalry, they've never beaten the Steelers in January. How say you? How do you feel about this? Uh, I've been here three years, and they haven't beat us in January. Mm-hmm. So, and that's when it counts. Yes. You know, that's when it counts the most. Um, so, you know, we, we definitely want to 
we definitely want to win. We definitely want to beat them just as much as they want to win and beat us during the regular season. And those games matter too. You know, they matter at the end. You know, um, you know, last year we both had the same record, but they beat us twice. So they got they they won the division. Uh, so you know, you go twelve and four, and two of your losses to Baltimore. They go twelve and four, and they don't lose to us. So it, that, that's for head of division and for you know, home field advantage um, in the playoffs. So you know, we we definitely we definitely um, recognize that and we think about it. Um, but again, they have they have to beat us in January. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, uh, to make it to make it worthwhile, we have to beat them in January. You know, that's that's our mentality. But we we want to win every game. That's how we feel. You yeah, every day. Well, I, I always notice too when they beat you or not. Oh yeah, when they if they win in the regular, they they always dunk the the Gatorade, Gatorade bath over in their coach. It just seems like it seems out of place. Yeah, it's they they get over a little overzealous, you know, <laughs> just a little bit, just just a little bit, you know, but uh, if, if if you will, but uh, you know, it's it's like I remember last year they ran a fake fake field goal, the same one they did last week um, against Oakland. They were smashing Oakland. They ran a fake field goal, you know, for seven points or for two points or whatever it was. Um, they did the same thing to us last year when they beat us the first game of the year. You know, it's just in some ways, you know, you, you look you look down on that and say, why why would you do that? You know, um, but they want to prove a point, I guess. And um, you know, throwing Gatorade on their coach if that's what gets them hype and what's that, if that's what gets those guys ready to go, that's what gets those guys ready to go. You know, I'm not in their locker room, but you know, we handle things a little different. Uh, here in Pittsburgh, you know, we, we, we search for Lombardis. You know, that's mm-hmm. what we do. That's when our Gatorade gets thrown on our coach. Uh, that's what we believe in, and that's what we that's what we strive for every year. You know, I'm sure they strive for the same thing. You know, they got a lot of great players, but, you know, I, I'm not too sure about throwing Gatorade on the coach after we beat the Ravens. But they don't you know? do See, that's the thing. They don't get the Lombardis, and, and, and you do. And let me tell you something, Will Allen. If Leftwich ain't ready to go, or if Chaz Batch ain't ready to go, call Damashek. I'll be there. I'm from Pittsburgh. <laughs> I got a cannon attached to my left shoulder. You're, sorry, you're getting me jazzed ahead, for this one. I'm ready up, to man. do go it. Ahead on, go ahead and put on that, that black and that black and yellow, man. We need it. We're going to need you. Can we give you a number? We'll get you ready to go. Oh, yeah. I, I Listen, I could do it. I could do it. And let me tell you something else. You talk about putting on the black and gold. You're going to be wearing the, the, the oft-joked-about uh, bumblebee uniforms, and I like them. How say you on the uniforms? I love them. Yes. I love, I love, I love the tradition. I, I love uh, the fact that we're wearing, the, you know, the, the 80 season jerseys. Like, it's, it's nice. You know, it's, it's historic. It's classic. Uh, you know, I love history, so you know to be a part of it and um, to, to, to to actually go back, you know, it's, it's it's great. You know, to remember those, to remember those days, and uh, it's awesome. I, I love it. You know, it's, it's awesome for me. And by the way, may I say, while everybody is talking about black and gold, the other team wears purple. Purple is for Barney, Oprah, and Fruit. You know, whoa, 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 don't, <laughs> don't go, don't. Okay, I. That's what I'm it's not, for. What about the Lakers? I don't care about. We're not talking about basketball. I'm just right saying now, it's Adam. the color that's, of royalty. That's not what we're talking about. Your Stanley about. Cup champions have purple. Here's what I want. Here's what I want to know from you, Will. Is I noticed I, I you know that you haven't had. I'm not uh, casting aspersions. You're doing a terrific job. No interceptions in a few years now, and never a career sack. Which one is going to happen on Sunday night against the Ravens? Uh, hopefully, an interception. You know, I've been really close the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been getting a lot of pass breakups, <laughs> but uh, I think it's time to get an interception and make a big play for my team. You know uh, what? You know, uh, that's the wrong answer. I'm sorry. The correct answer it was a trick <laughs> question. The correct answer is C. Both. 
That's what's going to happen. All the above. That's all right. Above. All of the above is what's happening, Will Allen. You know what I, I like you. about you is like me. You say you're not William. You're not wasting people's time. Like, say my whole name. I'm Dave. I, I feel bad saying, say David, you know. But, you know, the Ravens, they're named after Edgar Allan Poe. You can't call him Ed Poe. You say you're like, no, I'm Edgar Allen. That's all you need to know about the Ravens, you know. <laughs> Oh, goodness. You got all the jokes today, man. I like it. I like it. <laughs> what about, uh, real quick, what about the uh, the Buckeyes? What, what do you make of uh, them with the new regime, Urban Meyer, things looking up there? Uh, you, you excited? Uh, think- Speaking of rivalries, you got uh, Michigan and everything else coming up. Yeah, I think uh, Urban's is doing great. Um, you know, he's changed, he's changed the culture, but also embraced some of the old stuff, that some of the old traditions, um, and, and making those guys play hard for him and for the team and for all the Buckeye fans. You know, this is the first time in school history we put up 50-plus 50, 50 points um, four times in the season. You know, he's put up 60 like two or three times. So, you know, those guys are loving it. Uh, you know, some people may not like the way the offense is run. Some people may not like what the defense, how the defense is run, but he's winning. You know, and uh, he had, had a chance to go undefeated. Uh, it sucks that we can't go to a championship or to a bowl game. It really does. Um, but, uh, you know, that's the – that's the consequences that we have to we have to face, um, considering you know the, the faults of the faults of the few. So um, I'm really proud of those guys. I'm really happy for what's going on there. Hopefully, uh, we can do the same thing next year, and uh, we won't have those sanctions under us anymore. And we can go to a bowl game, and you know. But it is you know it will be sweet to be be Michigan. We still get those gold pants, so that'll be a prize <laughs> for those guys. To get some gold pants, and uh, you know that'll make the season worthwhile. Even 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 with the suspension of the of the bowl game. Yeah, Urban Meyer, I've been impressed with what he's done. I'm surprised he could win, you know, without Tebow because he did such a great job with him down in Florida. And that reminds like uh, Marquise Pouncey was on NFL AM today. He said that Tebow could be a starter in the NFL. Do you agree with that? Uh, I mean, he started with uh, Denver, he took him to the playoffs. You know, he's a winner. You know, uh, I, I, he's a football player. I don't know how great of a quarterback he is. You know, you can't put him up there with the top ten guys in the league. Um, but he's a great football player and he's a winner. And um, you know, I, I would like guys to fight as well as as much as he does on my team. You know, he's a fighter. You know, he never gives up. And uh, you know, and, that, and you know, you have to you have to admire that type of mentality. You know, and and you know, I, I would love to have him as a teammate. Uh, maybe he is a starter in this league as a quarterback. You know, that's enough to me. I think that's up to him to decide and the decision makers. Uh, but I definitely would love to have him as a teammate. I will. I apologize for rank even, but uh, you can't bother Will with this. He's focused on right. what's coming up. We have enough all things right. to worry about in uh, in Heinz. You guys are talking about Urban Meyer. Was thinking of Tebow. You're right. You're right. Well, I wanted to I'm talk sorry, to him about his bucks a little bit. Sorry. There. All right. Listen, <laughs> Will fault, Allen. Will and I apologize. That's it, Will Good Allen. Part. I'm gonna. We, we'll let you go so you can get the head right. Just remember a couple of things interception and a sack on Sunday night. That's that's uh, my prediction. That's what's going to go down. And two, no matter what happens, remember, the Ravens as an organization are obsessed with the Steelers. You're a fan of history, maybe of novels, too. But, you know, hey, there's Ahab, and he takes on Moby Dick. The Ravens are Ahab. The Steelers are Moby Dick. They're consumed with beating you. Listen, the Steelers are going to be fine. Six Lombardis and so on. Will Allen. Muzzle tough to you on doing a great job and filling in for Troy Palomalu. Continued success to you and to your teammates. Go get him Sunday night. 
Oh, I appreciate it, man. Thank you guys very much. And Thank keep you. my and, and you know get get my phone number because if you hear Sunday morning, like <laughs> I don't know, we might need Damashek. We want to throw the curveball, a lefty at him. I'm ready to go, man. You psyched me up here. All right, let's get it. We're we waiting on you. We're waiting on you. We got your jersey waiting. Excellent. All right, there he goes. The great Will Allen. Thanks very much for the time. Dave. Dave. I like him, Rank. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to. Am I biased? I don't yes. know. I don't care. So be it if you say it. That's not Will Allen talking, you understand. I mean, he seemed delightful. That's Coach Tomlin coming through. He gets you jazzed. I dig that whole. Next man up philosophy. Mm-hmm. You know, in the NFL, that's the way it is. You hear everybody, whenever anybody analyzes football, fantasy, reality, it's always, well, as long as he doesn't get hurt, as long as so-and-so doesn't get hurt. That obviously has nothing to do in the Steelers locker room. Oh, somebody got hurt? Yeah, that's the way it goes. Next man up. I love that mentality. I hate to give you credit for that, but uh, you're absolutely right. It's cool. I do believe that. The, and, and listening to him talk, I feel So he went, so he's in Ohio. Is he the guy that hit? Willis McGahey in the uh, Fiesta Bowl. Well, was that him? He's nine. He's in year nine. Black tie. Look it up. I, I mean, that would be he. He's about the his right timing age, right? works out because he is, I think, in his ninth year in the NFL, and um, McGahey is, I think, in his tenth. Fiesta Bowl. He was the guy who. Hit he was the guy. He How do you know guy. that? I looked it up. Will Allen is the guy who he did that to McGahey. So him and his uh, backfield mate. Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark, the greatest hit. I've said it before. I'll say it again now. The most severe collision I've ever seen. I was at that game, that AFC title game in Heinz Field, Ott 9. It's it's health and safety week, guys. We can't glorify glorify hits. I'm not glorifying. I'm telling you that that was the most severe hit that I've ever seen in my life. That's not glorifying it. I'm telling you that that was the most severe hit that I've ever seen in a football game. It was Apollo Creed versus Balboa. I mean, uh, yeah, in, in uh, Balboa Creed 2, they both went down and Ryan Clark barely got to his feet. It was, a, right. it, was a, it was a nasty collision. So wait, so Clark and then Will Allen both have, uh, have really belted um, Willis McGahey at one time or another. That's right. The Hurricanes. Who was their core? Ken Dorsey, right? It was, yeah. The Mer- Miami Hurricanes were the best team in the country. It was a big was upset. was Brock Berlin? Definitely wasn't Brock Berlin. It was. I, I oh, think Dorsey it was, won. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think no, Dorsey didn't win. It no, was it, that Ohio State won that game. It was a big upset. It was uh, right, Jim right, Trestle. Right, right. I'm sorry. Yes, and yes. they had the uh, you know the running back, the the kid who only played one season, and they got drafted Maurice Claret. Yeah, that Maurice was the Claret. year of uh, Maurice Claret. And I can't think of the Ohio State quarterback who was a pre med guy who had a he had a wasn't. Uh, well, let's see. Stanley Jackson would have been gone. No, no, no. This guy was – I can't think of the guy's name, but he threw a touchdown pass on fourth and inches, I think, against Purdue in the waning moments of that game that salvaged their undefeated uh, record going into that time. Right, right, right. All right. right, we're getting bogged down with college football. Let's wrap it up and turn things over to the Around the League guys. Black tie, what shall we do? Oh, we got to do your shout-out. Let's hear your shout-out now. No shout-out today, guys. No shout-out today. You said, Why you no shout-out? on last uh, Tuesday show, you said – Shout out of the week. So it's a weekly thing. No, I Tuesday said shout show. out of the episode. You of can't. The week. T- Not of the week. I do have something else, though. No I don't care out. about anything else. But you do, do your stuff. shout out. People have grown to love them against all odds. Now you don't abandon them. Who do you I'm think not, you I'm are? I'm not abandoning shout out. It's a Tuesday show thing. You do a shout out well, on every show or you don't do thing. the show. Right. We, we decided on Tuesday. Shout out of the week. How no, hard? This game is. 
All you have to do is name a profession. No, no, other, that's no, all you ever do. That's, it's that's, the same thing as the game we played earlier. Name a guy who's a better that, quarterback. How about than the guy at the NFL.com commissary that takes 30 minutes to make a sandwich? Oh. That would have been a good shout-out. Now you're going to – I wouldn't make that you know public what? news. You're going to get uh, something you don't want in your next meal, right? I'm not eating. Let's, I'm do, the, that. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's I'll get it an hour later. Let's give a shout-out to those guys so they can uh, mess up ranks food. But no seriousness, <laughs> That's it. That's your shout-out. That's your shout-out. That's, that's, how hard is that? How hard is it to ask somebody to write a shout-out for you? <laughs> you got jokes, don't you? <laughs> no, you Will jokes. Allen said I had all the jokes today. He did. Did that. you think Will Allen was actually amused by me or no? I think he was being a little bit nice. He was, like, you know, encouraging you to have a jersey and stuff like that. He's a nice guy, I could tell. What but are you saying? So he was patronizing he me? He was, totally. He was not. I it think was, he actually it liked real, it. It was real cheesy. I was like, oh, my God. Are you kidding me? It don't be this guy. It what was cheesy? Me? Yeah, no, no. Man, like his, how nice it was being to you. Like, oh yeah. He's from on. Ohio. He's a, a nice kid. I'll, I'll give you a call. Just be nice. You know, it's kind of like how dare you? Know what? you yeah, that's slap me in the face like that. And he's, Will Allen, you're he's calling a great Will, guy. You're calling Will Allen a phony. Oh my gosh. He's just being nice to a fan. I would rather him be nice to a fan than him be Patrick Peterson. I, you or, know, not, or no, who was the guy? I'm, you know what? Taking, He's in an... Patrick. Know, it wasn't Patrick. Board, right? No, no, no. It was the other guy. The, I'm uh, not just a Patrick fan. Patrick Willis. I'm not just a fan, by the way. You know, he and I are colleagues, ultimately. Right. He's right. NFL, so am I. We got some business to get to, guys. Do First it. up, once again, I brought this up a couple weeks ago. Watching games on Sundays, I sometimes have these epiphanies that I, you know what? I just got to let people know. And this one in particular actually makes Patrick Crawley, who is our homepage editor, one of our homepage editors, in, assist, in addition to Handsome Hank, who's always on the show, I love Russell Wilson's deep ball. And I mm-hmm. tweet about it. Every time he throws a deep pass, he throws one of the sexiest, tight spiral, <laughs> right in the bucket, deep passes in the league. Sounds so lewd throws. the way you describe the whole thing. I love his deep ball. Oh, it, you know. it's, it's, it's absolutely sexy. So, all right. I don't know if it's absolutely sexy, but thoughts, all right. Thoughts on this, guys. I think he throws the best deep pass in the league. You know, it's funny. I was uh, on Monday night. Uh, I was yapping with uh, I'll name drop with a couple of NFL Network guys with Heath Evans and Darren Sharper. And I said, who do you think just straight up because Leftwich had uh, had uh, been forced into the game there with Roethlisberger's injury. And I said, the one thing about him that you, that you have to give him credit for is he can uncork it like nobody's business. He can really throw that deep ball. And I said, who could, if you just lined them up just for fun, who could throw the ball the farthest? It was funny. Heath Evans said, um, Phil Rivers. I said, Phil Rivers? That's, that's ridiculous. And, and then they agreed, no, nope, probably Jay Cutler. They said, probably Jay Cutler. And he has done. You know what, though? I go back to, to answer the question. I agree with you about Russell Wilson. Who do I say all the time? He is not just the best quarterback today he's not just the best player today he shall go down in history as the greatest quarterback in nfl history aaron Rodgers. he throws it uh, he not not only does he push it downfield he does it on a rope i mean it gets there in a hurry i don't know anybody could beat aaron Rodgers. rank josh freeman has the highest passer rating on throws of more than 20 yards oh look at mr stats guy good for you i like that that's a good number there i'm mainly saying from a from a beauty point of view. From a sexy standpoint. If we're going to do it that way, I do. I, I I don't think that Russell Wilson gets enough credit for that. I ex- absolutely agree with Black Tie. All right. We're at Russell Wilson. That's uh, There you have it. it pains Black me. Tie's pigskin epiphany. Let, we, we can keep those to once a week or even yeah, once those, a month. No, yeah. I like it. It's fine. That's actually pretty good. All right. Give us a couple of iTunes Wait, hold on. Comments. Before you do that, 
real quick, if the Cleveland Browns had not traded up and done everything and picked Patrick or excuse me, Brandon Whedon and just had drafted Russell Wilson in the third round, hmm. their season might be going a little bit better. Interesting. I you know, I don't think you can hang it on Brandon Whedon. He's been inaccurate at moments. You really I don't think he's been bad. As I say, I think he cuts the figure of a classic QB. He can sling it and whoever takes that team over, that's gonna be an interesting thing to see. Let's assume Pat Shermer's gone, not necessarily even because he's been a failure, but because Joe Banner's there, and as these things go, they tend to bring in their own guys and they start fresh. So it'll be interesting. You know, Andy Reid winds up there, something like that. The offense will be completely different. There's some nice pieces there, mm-hmm. at least. I think the big problem— So you could go to ignoring Trent Richardson. Well, that would be yeah, that would be a weird move. Yeah, if he, if he does to Trent Richardson what he's done to uh, Shady McCoy— um, but, you know, yeah, I think uh, watching some games, I think Brad Childress is is just not calling uh, – is not uh, using Whedon and, and not uh, – he's not calling plays at the right time. Watching that Ravens game, they certainly could have won that one um, a couple weeks ago. Black Tie, why don't you do what you do and read some of these iTunes comments? We have some great ones this week. Just quickly going to go over a couple. Uh, one of them is broken down by Not Visible is his screen name, and he writes this whole big paragraph about how this is the best podcast and the recipe for success. Mm-hmm. He says, you're informative. Who, uh, me? Yes, you are. Of course, I am very. He calls Rank the goofy sidekick ah! who's occasionally brilliant. <laughs> That's nice. He has some great <laughs> stuff to say. That means that I'm never funny, and I don't appreciate that. I'm not just merely informative. I, I, Will Allen liked what I said, <laughs> unless you ask Black Tie. He was just patronizing me. <laughs> Handsome Meg adds an international flavor. Zeus and Cesar are great, he says. Also says, Black Tie is the marinara sauce who doesn't overpower the main ingredients, but he is the hardest-working man in NFL podcast land. Uh, well, guy. I mean, that's just ridiculous, this the hardest-working man. Right, well, so that's just a – Paraphrasing his whole comment, it's really huge. Good, good stuff. Not visible. Please write more. It was great. Not visible. But let's go to prime time. And actually, no. This is Brewer Kane. Brewer Kane asks, "Would you guys please weigh in on the issue of former players appearing in TV commercials wearing full pads? Does anyone think that it is weird that these guys who haven't played in years will appear in these commercials in pads? I like one, who? I, I'm I to... haven't seen a commercial with guys in pads, retired players. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys haven't." But no, I see I see ads where I think I, or to be honest with you, I feel like, wow, that guy needs the money that bad that he's doing that. Joe Namath does the I mean, I'm sorry, Joe Theismann does the ads for that. He has to he has to uh, um, make thing. his water. Yeah, he has to make water all the it time. It keeps him from going to the bathroom. Yes, it represses his. I need wonder. The, can, so if you're how get, like you really, really did you need that loot? How much could they have paid you to do that? That you would be. Well, willing I'd like to, to ask him too. Like, if I'm going to go out on a bender, you know, and be pounding a bunch of beers, if I pop a couple of those, will that keep me from breaking the seal? <laughs> well, yeah. So I don't know about those ads, but have you guys seen the Greg Jennings ads? The uh, yeah, I've I've been Old amused Spice? by those. You like those? Yeah, you don't. They're pretty cool. I think they're very very, very high profile. Ads. Very high profile for a guy who hasn't played this year. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I don't even put two and two together. I, you know, listen, the gold standard, and I know Hanzoos from around the league disagrees with this. I think Peyton Manning does continue to be pretty amusing in these ads. I think the problem for him is is that it's the same thing that happened to Michael Jordan is the oversaturation of him. Yep. It's weird when when you're watching a game and two consecutive commercials are Peyton Manning, and it's especially bad. I think you made this point, Rank, the weekend or the day after he threw those three picks consecutively in the Georgia Dome earlier in the season. 
it's really bad when he's having an abysmal game and then they cut away to happy Peyton Manning. <laughs> makes you upset. It makes, yeah. it makes oh, you angry. Upset, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, maybe if you weren't busy fooling around all the time, Peyton, you wouldn't be throwing these picks. All right, Black Tie, why do you like to do those iTunes? Tell everybody why it's so important to you. Well, it's important, you know, just go in there and comment. Not only comment. Don't only tell these guys how great they are because, trust me, it gets to their heads. But ask questions. It really doesn't. Yeah, it does. Gets ask to your, your head. questions. Give us your ideas. Rate it. And, I mean, it's just great. I'm the marinara sauce. <laughs> yeah, of course that name would not be visible. Maybe we'll start calling you marinara tie. Marinara tie. He's like, oh, this will go to your head, says the guy who created his own fake Fire Me account. Oh, yeah, black tie. <laughs> Speaking of that, did you create uh, over the last 45 minutes, have you been able to create uh, Anonymous Jet? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, my Sorry. God. I, if that's posted, oh my gosh! Well, you know no, actually, I'm playing. But how can I create an anonymous Jets account when you know who created it? That doesn't make any sense to me. Oh, so goodness. sorry, I that's did not, not the. Well, I, like I will tell you this though: anonymous Jets this, player though. would have become one of the most followed guys. After listening to this, I assure you, one of you guys' followers is going to do it, and that it would be the perfect way to do it because we don't have no idea who it is. All Just right, like fair enough. Black tie. I I thought it was a gangbusters idea. <sighs> Apparently, black tie. Uh, overruled right, the two of us great. here on his podcast. It was great that we knew who created it. So, all right, okay. Black tie rank, and of course, to Will Allen, best wishes to him. And and by the way, I should say this: I apologize, I, I, I sincere apology to the Ravens fans if you find my tenor unpleasant. I have said it before. I'm going to say it again to you now. I'm a fan, you understand? What's my credibility? That I've watched football obsessively for decade after decade now. I have my allegiance. Wouldn't it be weird if I didn't have an allegiance? It doesn't mean I hate your team. I have no feeling about your team. I care about one team. I have no feeling about the other teams. I merely tell you what I think is going to happen. And even when it comes to my team, what I just tell you, I just picked the Ravens to win that game. That's not a reverse jinx or any of that nonsense. I think the Ravens, with Byron Leftwich going against them, are probably not going to win that game. I hope I'm wrong. Doesn't mean that I can't create an an idea intellectually that goes against what my heart desires. You understand, Rank? And odds are, if you think that I hate your team, I probably do. See, Rank does hate teams. That's the way it is. I see. That's uh, why he's the... He's the mushrooms to my onions and the marinara sauce. That is the Dave Damashek football program. Make sure you check out our pal Elliot Harrison's power rankings and Rank's alternative power rankings. And uh, stick around now. The great uh, fellas, the duo, Hanzoos and Sessler, from around the league, their debate club coming at you right now. We'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce later on. In the meantime, take it away, boys. Welcome back to the ATL Debate Club. My name is Dan Hansis, joined as always by Mr. Mark Sessler. How are you, Mark? I'm pretty good, Dan. How is uh, your Friday morning so far? Oh, it's been great. Let's just get right into it today. I do want to talk about uh, Eric Berry and his fear of horses. That's something that has been on my mind all week, and we're going to get to that. But the thing I want to get to first is my sad, tragic New York Jets, who had another rough week. Well, I think they've had the roughest... They've kind of crescendoed this week, Dan. Yeah. Why don't you? T- I'm going to let you start this out, but I want I want to you know as we talk about the Jets, because mm-hmm. you know, this is the seven year old Dan was walking around in a in a Jets jersey. This is this yeah. the 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 waters run deep here. Yeah, I had I did have a Ken O'Brien 
jersey and matching helmet back in about 88, I'd say 87. Um, so this is this is tough, and especially because this is a team not too far back, AFC title games back-to-back. They lost them both, which was painful, but at least they were part of the national discussion. They were one of the NFL's big-time teams. And, you know, fast forward a year and a half later, and this is a team in tatters. And what happened this week, and everyone knows, Tim Tebow uh, gets called out by anonymous sources and a, a New York Daily News piece. Uh, and, you know, it was very it was very tough to read because, you know what, to me, this was all inevitable. And that's what I took away from this is that, you know, we went through an entire season of Jets players being questioned about Tebow. When will Tebow take over? What does Tebow bring to the team? And internally, I'm sure the whole time they were thinking, you know, this guy doesn't bring anything. But they were able to keep it in inside, in house, until you're three and six, and things start happening when you're three and six, and the ugliness starts to creep in, and a reporter starts creeping around the locker room asking for anonymous quotes, and the team maybe isn't mentally strong enough to realize, or smart enough, I should say, to realize, don't say a word, it won't help anyone. Well, I guess my biggest problem with the Rex Ryan Jets, because you're right, that I'll never forget watching that first. That w- that first playoff year when they beat San Diego to move on to the AFC Championship, they were such a likable team. You couldn't help but root for them because of their history and everything. But I-, I look at what's going on right now, and I think my biggest problem with the Jets is that what the meltdown we saw this week really wasn't surprising at all to me. It would be surprising from 31 other teams. But really, I mean, how different is this from the – late season meltdown they had in house last year. This is what like Rex Ryan's Jets have become. Right. And there's a couple things here. Number one is they had that meltdown last year, spearheaded, we believe, by Santonio Holmes and bad blood. Probably. Um that uh, that kind of bubbled up because of some of his behavior uh late in the season. But they made they made an interesting decision which was they didn't blow up the roster. Uh, first of all, they should be – we don't wish injuries upon anyone. But I'm sure if Santonio Holmes was still in the mix right now, he would have had something to say by now, just know by his track record. But in general, you know, what I'm thinking is that they knew what they were going to get into. They have the same roster of guys that are talking, okay? And now I don't want to hear Woody Johnson, the team owner, saying, you know, Tebow was never about PSLs. Tebow was never about hot dogs because that's what he always was about. And it was, it's on the ownership, and it's on the front office, Mike Tannenbaum, um, most of all, to realize that this had a, a very high chance of backfiring. And that's what it's doing right now. That talent level is eroded each year. And that's on Tannenbaum, and it's also on Rex Ryan. They've, they've made decisions together. I think there's almost too much loyalty to certain players. There's been not enough creativity in overhauling certain parts of the roster. And I think that you got Woody Johnson. It's almost like this is a bad relationship that's kind of gone up and down. And Woody Johnson is the boyfriend that just realized, I've been with this girl, bad girlfriend for a long time. There was a lot of good stuff. And I just realized this, is, this can't go on anymore. And I didn't sign up for this. And now it's like, how do I get out of this? I, I've thought all along, <clears throat> and I still think that Rex will be safe for this year into next year. Um, I don't think he survives if they stumble again next year. I think what happens here is Mr. T. Tannenbaum is gone, 
And basically that that puts Rex on notice. What people, I think, because a lot of people think that Rex is going, and the thing that I think people don't realize is that Rex Ryan is the face of the Jets. It's not Mark Sanchez or Darrell Revis or Bart Scott. It's Rex Ryan, the, the franchise, that he's their keystone guy in terms of what they're about. And I don't think he uh, is going to get run out of town because if they're smart enough, they'll realize this team never had a great chance to start with uh, positional, position-wise. There's just not a lot of talent here. You know, my, my problem, though, is he, he, made, he came up and he he's definitely looked de-energized in his press conferences. But he said, you know, the outsiders, the people outside this building are not going to tear us down. They're not going to end this season for us. Well, that isn't the issue. It's you're a coach that can't control what's happening inside. And you're right. He is the face of the Jets. And my, my point would be that's the problem. Right. At this point. And I will, and we should move on, but I do want to say, I, you know, it, to his credit, it sounds like he was pretty angry about this, and he called out the team and asked for the guy who, who said that, what it was the comment, that Tebow stinks? Well, that he's terrible. That he's terrible. Right. He said, stand up if you said that. Listen, there's only so much the guy can do, and nobody stood up because that's the type of roster that he's dealing with. They need they need an overall. That's the end of the, at the end of the day, that's what they need. That's right. Um, now let's get to the horse thing because <clears> – <throat> This is this is one of my favorite stories uh, that's come ar- come around in a long time. Anybody that missed it, he basically is Kansas City Chief sa- Safety who um, saw a woman, a Chiefs employee, riding a horse. It's part of the the whole home home. Well, game. it's Warpath the horse. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Well, no, I did a little homework here, and it is Susie the How cheerleader. How dare you do homework for this hey, podcast? Sorry, I mean you know I also was I also found this story intriguing. Susie the cheerleader rides around. On Warpath every time the team scores. So not a good team maybe for Eric Berry to be involved in to begin with. Well, you could also say it is a good team because they're not scoring a lot. So he doesn't well, that's see fair. Warpath too <laughs> That's often. a fair point. But let's let, – he was very afraid of the horse. Uh, Alex Wilk is behind the glass today. Wilk Ty, he's going to play it back for us what Eric Berry had to say. Oh, hell no. Nah. There go that horse. Oh, f- with that horse. Huh? That horse. Yeah, I'll wait till they got to the horse pass. I don't mess with horses, bro. Straight up. Might come over here and throw a tantrum. Hold up, coat that horse out there. The horse. Oh, she need to go ahead with that horse guy now. I don't fool with no horses, boy. She need to go ahead and drive that belt away. Hell no. I ain't worried about the chick. I'm worried about the horse. Okay, so that was pretty amazing. Dan, you are. Uh... You have a past with horses yourself, is that, is I do. that right? I, I Here's the thing about Eric Berry. We're supposed to be having our fun with him and making fun of him and saying, oh, silly comments. Horses, come on. Right. I'm not I'm not totally against what Eric Berry is saying here. I rem- as a child, I had a traumatic experience. Let's get right to it. Uh, I was 10. I was with my family on an upstate New York vacation at the Rocking Horse Ranch, <laughs> <clears throat> which is a staple family entertainment in the Catskills. And... I'll get my check in the mail uh, after the show. <laughs> I'm sure they're listening. <clears throat> anyway, we went riding <clears throat> riding on horses. Uh, you know, I was, you know, this 10-year-old dweeb on a horse it, in a group of, you know, 15 people, my family, some other. And then they had like a, a toothless cowboy that was leading the group through this winding path. You know, it was nothing high level, you know. My horse starts wandering off the path, Okay. And then he gets in the woods, and then he tries to get back on, and there's a chain that's supposed to be keeping him in the path that had snuck behind this chain. And then it 
got back on the path, but the chain was around my legs, and it took oh, off, boy. started running, it started panicking. <laughs> and I had this, this chain around my leg, and the horse was running, it ripped out all the, all the posts holding the chain, and then the toothless cowboy had to jump off his horse and run in front of my horse and put his hands up, and he almost, I, me, on top of the horse, almost ran over the toothless cowboy. And I never rode a horse again. I don't bl- how do you I not was lose a li- how do you not lose a limb in that scenario? I, well, I I don't know. Well, there was the toothless cowboy was the hero here. Eric Berry doesn't have a toothless cowboy to save him. And and then he said a couple days later because the media obviously was asking him about it. He said, "Listen, when you look in a horse's eyes, can you really tell what it's doing?" No, they're very bizarre creatures. No. I actually, you know, it, you bring up a memory that I had myself, um, and I'm going to have to boil this down because this occurred over a three- or four-hour window of time where I was uh, a young, nine-year-old around the same age. See, it's the horses it, with it's, the Well, that's the formative of age, age where you decide either I'm a horse person or I definitely am not. And uh, I fall in the definitely not category. I was at a summer camp. And it was a leadership type course or something where which they, you were not one of the leaders. Well, no, I was. Uh, they were trying to instill this in me. They take you <laughs> out. Yeah, it, it was like midnight, one a.m. They take you out in the middle of the woods, blindfolded. Was this a gang like initiation? Well, the memory is a tad hazy. I'm not sure who it was who led me out, but they at one point they leave you there and they're gone. Oh, and they say, boy. "Listen, find your way back to the camp." And so it is pitch dark out in the middle of the forest. You can't see your hand in front of your face. The camp also had something called ranch camp, which was this, like, separate part where children learn how to, like, groom and theoretically ride horses. And I wasn't part of that, but, I mean, I knew of its existence. Earlier that day, horses had escaped, probably because of the fault of a child. Yeah. And so... Children shouldn't be on horses. They shouldn't be grooming them, riding them, really in charge of... These are large beasts. But I mean, I knew, you know, in my mind, I know that horses are somewhere, but it's pitch dark and it's silent. And I hear this disturbing crack of wood up in the distance. Mm. And uh, then I hear it coming at me and it sounds like leaves and trees crushing <laughs> and I can't see anything. And suddenly on this path, I feel this like force of nature shoot by my nose. It was it Jason Voorhees? It is a giant horse running by me at full speed, <laughs> and it's gone. And then I'm thinking, I have no, and that's I'm piecing together. A second one comes right. by. It, it, it scarred me. I could have been. I mean, had I been hit, also I'm with no adults in the middle of the forest. Can't tr- you can't trust them. And I will say, I showed my wife Emily this this post. Some uh, she's from Texas. She rode horses as as a child growing up. Even won some competitions. She was, she was, I showed her the video on top of the ATL post that I wrote, and then she, I scrolled down a little bit, she saw that I had some uh, negative things to say about horses, specifically that why hasn't there been a horror movie made about horses, because we've had horror movies about sharks, dogs, alligators, spiders, dinosaurs, snakes, apes, birds, horses, that seems like a missed opportunity by Hollywood. Yeah. My wife didn't talk to me the rest of the night because horse people are all in on horses, more than humans almost. Well, she's, she and Susie riding warpath would they're of the same ilk maybe emily is Susie, in a strange way and it's that is her body her her double anyway I don't that, know. that's, that's it that's it for out. today i you know i i got back in the good graces with the wife but it took a while yeah um i just learned less and never talked down about a horse but eric berry just between you i alex wilk and the rest of the uh, atl audience here um 
I don't trust him, and I never will. Thank you, as always, for joining me. This is always such a fun time together. Been fun, Dan. Yeah. Until next time, the ATL Today Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com.